0: So good to have you here today. Before I dive into what I want to talk about, it's just burning on my heart. I want to just pray. We always pray for leaders because Timothy says that he says, pray for your leaders so that you can see the blessing and prosperity and the peace of God. So father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for Canada. We pray for our leaders, Father, in politics. We pray for leaders in government. We pray for leaders, Father, in healthcare, in business, in education, in arts, entertainment. We ask. That men and women who will stand for freedom, who will stand, Father, for all the great teachings in your word will rise up. And any leader that's there selfishly, (coughs) we just pray, take them out and give us leaders after your own heart. We pray for your church. We pray it will begin to raise up leaders as never before with a strong passion, Father, for you. And that this nation will continue to serve you and win in every area. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I noticed as a young man pastoring and working with people and training leaders is what is what really i'm doing the bible says the five-fold ministry is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry a lot of pastors think they're called to do the work of the ministry and uh years and years decades ago i realized real quick that that is cheating everybody else and that i'm the coach and so i got to find the giftedness and, the, and, the, and, and what's on the inside of the people that God brings here and those that have made this their church. i got to raise them up into great leaders in business, great leaders uh, in education, the stuff we just prayed about, that there's gifts in them that need to rise up. But I noticed something, and I'm probably going to offend some people, but if you hang in there, I'll make it right before my message is over. I noticed that people who were raised in nice Christian homes, They weren't that tough. They're kind of wimpy. And then I noticed that people who came out of a life that was hard and painful made some of the best leaders, strong, tough, just would get up and stand. And that bugged me. You know why? Because I came from a good Christian home. I'm the most kissed, hugged, prayed with kid I know. And then my dad had a friend who was a pastor, and he firmly believed that you could never do anything great for God until you go through hell. And it's going through hell in your life is when you toughen up. Well, I didn't like that, and I disagreed with him. So today, I'm going to talk about that. When you look at the Bible, there's an incredible verse I want to read you in Isaiah 41, verses 9 9- I'll read verse 10 and 11. And it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Can we just stop right there? What? I'm going to strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Well, I'm used to, you know, prayer meetings and prayer requests where it's rather than get an agreement with me, I'm going to believe God for a miracle. Please pray for me. Life is so hard and it's so rough. And and you kind of go, ooh. But here it's saying that, that, that he's going to strengthen us, harden us. And it says, yes, I will help you. I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. It is behold, all they who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing, and they shall perish. I want to talk about toughening up. You can be a cutesy, whiny princess. Or are you going to be a warrior princess who knows how to get up and build a great marriage and raise great kids and fight the fight of faith, walk in grace, get up and live. Always, someone help me. Now, we've all go through times where we need help, absolutely. But this guy said, Leon, until you go through hell, you're not going to really do anything great for God. And I've had many people as I've traveled, training and people and leaders around the world say to me, Oh, you must have gone through rough times to have the ministry that you have. I mean, with the televisions and the schools and the churches and the, and the speaking. Oh, and I go, oh, yeah, uh, no. Nope. They go, well, what, what, what do you mean? Nope. because some people love to tell you how much they have burdens. And as a kid growing up in church, I got tired of it. We'd have testimony service, and people get up and share how much the devil's on their case, and please pray for me, and they talk about how rough their life is. And I'm thinking, this is supposed to be testimony, which means positive. Look what God's done. And instead we go, people who want everyone to understand how rough their life is. Well, you know what? Whatever you begin to talk about and focus on, you get more of. And so I thought to myself, well, according to my dad's friend, The only way I can be tough and strong is if I'm gonna have to get what? I'm gonna have to go bankrupt, lose my wife, uh, get cancer. I'm gonna, like all this stuff everybody thinks you gotta do to toughen up. And so I was determined as a young man in my 20s. I don't believe this and I wanna find out. Because I don't want to say, well, I guess my kids should become beaten and afflicted and whipped and abused. And that's the only way they're going to be tough enough to get up and and really be great in life. And so I I did a lot of studies. I don't have time to dive into them. Here's one. David was considered one one of the toughest fighters going. Considered a guy that could kill giants mighty men followed him men that could kill 700 people by themselves at one time followed David. This dude was bad. He's good, but you know what I mean. And he came from a great home. Great dad great mom and I started to get some relief going oh thank you Jesus because you know back when I was a kid all the great speakers that spoke at conferences were ex-hells angels and somebody who was so abused and broken and and ex-prostitutes and I'm glad because they make amazing leaders too but then where's the church kids where's the kids raised in Christian families well I'm going to be honest usually it's wah wah I was determined. I was determined. I'm going to figure this out. And I'm going to be tough as heaven. Because heaven's a billion times tougher than hell. Don't want to be tough as hell, I'm going to be tough as heaven. So I began to go into God's word and I found out that that God would strengthen you. And the word strengthen means to harden you. If you want to work with metal back in those days and still today, if you want an edge on your sword, your spear, you had to, to toughen up the metal, to harden the metal. And I mean, there's strength and pliability too, but you had to harden that edge. And I began to realize I could find it all through the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Well, I thought, oh, so good Lord, and now you're saying life's hard? No we're saying soldiers get up and take it out soldiers get up and attack soldiers get up and win on your road to victory toughen up on your road to winning and getting the life that Jesus died for it's gonna take you getting a little tougher than (gasps) why has Christianity produced such wimpiness years ago when we would when we'd count numbers in church there's usually eight women for every man Thank God that's changing. But it was because the gospel had become so feminized. Jesus is a cute guy in a dress with flip-flops. He loves you. Really? No, that was Jesus 2,000 years ago. Read what Jesus looks like in in Revelations chapter 1 as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with his face burning and his eyes and his hair like white wool and out of his mouth is like a a sword and he's wearing armor and the King of Kings, this is the Jesus I'm serving. I wasn't put on this planet to get beaten up, punched, slapped. Well, Leon, the Bible says turn the other cheek. He's not talking about someone breaking into your house. He's talking about your pride. And people will take some teachings and take it so far. No. He's made you to be an overcomer, born of God. He's made you to rise up and be more than conquerors. He's made you to win. And so today, I want you to understand that we can endure hardness as a good soldier. We can get up and look at the, uh, the future and go, I'm not backing down. And then some people will take that and they add a bunch of dumb teaching to it as well. And go, we're down here on this world. We're just passing through. But one day, in the sweet by and by, we'll finally get a life. I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, just a little silver and just a little But in that city, like I'm, where do you get these songs? Really? Or mercy drops round us are falling But for the showers we bleed <laughs> give me a break what about the new covenant what about the promises of God's word this says the people of God were the brightest the best kings the best warriors the best battlers the best financiers they were the like, what is wrong with Christianity no wonder our kids go oh, go to church with you uh, maybe not I don't need to go to church and be taught how to be a loser, be taught how to fail, be taught how to endure hardness because that's all you're going to get. That's not what any of this is saying. You really got to take it out of context to have this defeated Christian lifestyle. And so my challenge to you today is recognize in the word of God. When it talks about endure troubles, he's not saying because that's going to be the rest of your life. He's saying when you're standing and believing for things and you're building a business, you're working on your marriage, you're raising kids, you don't think there's going to be some times where it's going to be hard? Of course it will be. Well, I am believing God for a miracle. So what are you going to be? This fat little teddy bear Christian who just sits there while Jesus does this. It's like Aladdin's lamp. Prayer is like just rub the lamp. He pops out and he fixes everything. That's not what the Bible teaches the Bible teaches god's going to flow through you and I and that he ra- and so that's what's exciting about serving him is he raises you up and he strengthens you and he makes you strong and he hardens you I love what he said to the to the um, to the prophets in the Old Testament when he says to Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 8 he says I have made your face strong and hard against their faces and your forehead strong and hard against their foreheads what's he talking about he's talking about your enemies I could have that you know you watch a movie and Chris oh I love you Bless the Lord, thank you Jesus, ha 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 like me, please like me, what is with us? It literally is saying, if someone comes against you, it'll make your face harder, your forehead tougher. He's talking about an overcomer, he's talking about a person who does to get up and stand, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's real attacks, whatever's going on. We have depicted Christianity so pathetically and then we wonder why the emerging generations don't want to follow it. And Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5 became one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Listen to this. But the Lord rebukes Jeremiah's impatience, and he says to him, if you race with men on foot and they have tired you out, how are you going to compete with horses? Oh. And if you take to flight and you run from problems in a land of peace where you feel secure, then what will you do when you tread the tangled maze of jungle haunted by lions in the swelling and the flooding of the Jordan? You know what he's saying here as plain as a nose on your face? You were made to compete with horses. You're made to compete with jungles so full of lions. It doesn't matter what the problem. It doesn't matter who the giant is. It doesn't matter what the army. It doesn't matter what the problem is. You were designed to get up and speak to mountains. Believe God. Grow your faith. Walk in his grace. You're designed. Holy Spirit in the new covenant that we live in, he's not here to do it for you. In fact, he's your helper. If I ask somebody on the front row and I say, hey, could you stack the chairs for me? That's one way of saying it. But if I say, can you help me stack the chairs? What's the difference? I'm involved. Holy Spirit is our helper. That means he's helping and strengthening and energizing and guiding and leading and giving wisdom to you. This is an adventure. You get to rise up and be amazing and incredible. You get to, yes, get up and be strong and strengthened and hardened and believe God for miracles and signs and wonders. Holy Spirit is our coach. We've got to get a whole new look at what it means to be strong and for God to strengthen us and to harden us. I often refer to a conference I did years ago uh, where I was doing a leadership conference in a city where it was a base for Navy SEALs. And like 12 of them or so showed up. And I came to the leadership conference and then took me out for lunch. And and to meet these guys and, and to listen to them. We've all seen movies about SEAL training and Navy SEAL training and, and uh, what it's like. And it's actually not about skills. It's about toughness. And if you ain't got it, you're not going to make it. Ring the bell means you can go home, sucker. Only the hardest, only those who never quit, never quit, ever, ever, ever make it. And that's what I like to think about when I look at the things of God. The Holy Spirit, he's a mighty man trainer, a warrior princess trainer. He's here to help you run through a troop and leap over a wall, not sit on your couch and pray that God does it for you. Now I thank God there's things that God puts into motion. But if you're not gonna become a person who believes that Christ in you makes you a stunning phenomenal person for the things of God, you're gonna miss out on all the adventure that he's prepared you for. Second 2 Samuel chapter 22, verses 30 to 51, now, I haven't got time to read it. But here David is talking about, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. He makes my feet like the feet of a mountain goat running up a mountain. He trains my hands for war. I pursue my enemies and destroyed them. I did not turn back till they were consumed. As you read through this chapter, one thing stands out. God's not doing it for him. God's doing it through him. What an adventure. I'm so excited about that. It's just powerful and wonderful to know that God will give you the wisdom, the ability. He'll make you strong. When I see some of the great families and people and, and these single moms who out of no choice of their own gotta stand up and raise families and that warrior princess. I mean, my mom comes from a strong family. She. she was raised by an alcoholic dad and he was abusive and left them and so there was like a bunch of girls in that family and when you look at what kind of moms they made it was like you couldn't shut them down you couldn't make them stop they got up and raised kids that were positive and happy and blessed not oh but it doesn't mean that you have to go through stuff to be strong King David came from a great family. Most of the heroes in the Bible weren't strong because they had been abused and beaten and misused. Some were. That's fine, because we've got both sitting in this room. Some of you are sitting here that it would, your story would curl the hair of people listening. And don't you stop. You get up and keep going for God, man. He's restoring you, raising you up. You're gonna be amazing. And there's some you've been raised in Christian homes. And where you, all you've had is a kiss on the cheek and a bedtime story, and you're wonderful, you're amazing, you're incredible, you're beautiful. And you go, well, where does toughness come from? It comes from making a decision that I'm gonna do something great for God. And when you learn to read the Word and feed on the bread of life, when you learn to fellowship with Holy Spirit, pastors and evangelists have given a really weird look at that. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> getting really real here if i was to ask you what does it look like to be really close to the spirit of god we go weird you fall you croak you crow you bark you you know you cry you cool and whatever the presence of god does it affects people differently but then please get up and go do something great kind of quiet there if I was to give five different people a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm not in this service, and one sat there and cried because they were they needed a special operation for their child, and another one sat there and just started jumping and screaming because I just saved their company for about a month they can make some payroll and get through, and someone else just sits there on the chair and just weeps, and like everybody responds differently to a blessing, but. To become close to Holy Spirit according to the word means he strengthens you, he hardens you. I don't mean hard as in hard-hearted, I mean he hardens you to trial and hardens you to the battle to get up and have such confidence. Me, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, I will be standing. People often ask me, where do you get that confidence? I go, from Holy Spirit. Well, isn't the Holy Spirit like just kind of this cloud that drifts in and makes people cry and fall? Well, I mean, he might. That's cool. But once you pick yourself up off the floor, what are you going to do with it? Once you're done crying and letting things go and God healing you, now what are you going to do? I don't want to spend the rest of my life crying and falling. I want to get up and do something great for God. And Holy Spirit's going to strengthen me. Holy Spirit's going to bless me. He's going to give me wisdom. He's going to guide me. We've got to wake up to this fact that he's going to work through us in a powerful way. And if you want to do great things, you have to be able to handle some pain. Well, I don't like that. You got it wrong again. Football. I, I love football. I played football. But I remember that football's not a a pain-free sport now if you want pain-free play volleyball sorry volleyball. <laughs> i played volleyball too <clears throat> but now football you're going to get hit repeatedly every three minutes someone's going to hit you and knock you right off your feet I remember thinking my my fingers were cracked and they would just tape it to the next one and put me back on the field. I'd sprain an ankle so bad it was turning blue in minutes and my coach would spray it with this freeze spray and then tape it a certain way as an instant cast and put me back out there. I remember thinking I had cracked ribs. I remember getting hit so hard so many times that you're laying on your back in the middle of the field doing what I call the guppy. Can't get your breath. Finally you get your breath back and you get up and you play just as hard the next time. Why? Because you love football. And you love being on this team. And you're going to get up and do it. That was painful. That was hard. That did stuff why can't we serve God and get up and go I'm gonna get up and do great things for God and yeah there's gonna be things you're gonna push at me he's not talking about the curse see Jesus took the curse and the curse is written down in Deuteronomy 28 verses 15 and on the curse of sickness poverty disease all of that we're not talking about that today all people say, well I'm I'm just suffering for Jesus I go okay well how are you suffering for Jesus and then they'll, they'll they'll name something like a disease or poverty i'm going The Bible doesn't ask us to suffer for Jesus with sickness, it's talking about suffering with people coming against us, backstabbing you, trying to take your business away, lying about you because Jesus said, they hated me, they're probably going to hate you because you're not of this world, meaning there's something in you that is precious and wonderful and so many people are going to be attracted to it if you'll stand up and be strong and be that warrior princess and that mighty man for God. People want that, desire that, but there's also a group, it annoys them to no end that you're so confident. I remember when I was a paramedic, I'd walk, we were stationed in a hospital and I'd walk down on Monday, walk down the hall, just kind of softly whistling to myself and people said, shut up. Stop whistling. Quit that. And it was just they didn't get it. I want to challenge you. Make a decision. Make a decision. Make a decision to be strong. And then I want you to start thinking about the word toughen up. I'm not minimizing your pain somebody here who might have just lost a loved one. Holy Spirit is called in the King James, the Comforter. And I love that about the Holy Spirit, that in the midst of whenever I've lost loved ones, whenever I've gone through things, whenever I'm feeling a little bit iffy, he has an ability to make me feel loved and and to be there and be peaceful but you know the same word that is in, that is interpreted comforter is also interpreted strengthener where we get the word hardness so holy spirit will comfort you and he's got this stunning ability as your coach to harden you in other words making you something that like a hardened blade that'll cut through anything Like this powerful, um, hard armor that Ephesians 6 talks about, that no fiery dart's gonna get through, that nothing's gonna get past that shield or that helmet or that breastplate or these feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If we do not begin to represent Christ and the Word of God properly, we're gonna lose generations. And you only lose one generation, you can lose a whole country. We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that, that Jesus is the king of kings. Well, except in this circumstance. No, he's the king of kings. He's Lord, and he died for you and I so we could get up and live, really live. Not mercy drops around us or falling. You know that much of the Christian singing today is whining. That's why I'm very careful as to what I let our worship and praise teams do here. I'm not interested. I have a hard enough time dealing with my own whining every night. When I lay my head on the pillow to just pick myself and say, Holy Spirit, you and I are gonna go do great things for God, And, and you know, I remember when I was young in ministry, and Sal and I had just started up with Springs Church, and it just started to explode and grow, which created incredible problems, the burden of the people. I think we were at 1,000 people, and I was still the only pastor for a while. And, and then we was getting death threats, and then we had financial stuff. We had needed new buildings. We're doing all these services. And I just thought to myself, I don't think people know what I'm going through. And I could just sense God get on my case and just kind of go, What? Now my time is up, so I'll I'll say this really quickly. One of the things I would often do to encourage myself when I was going through stuff because the church was growing and then we had television stations and then schools and they all need millions of dollars and we're touching the world. When a problem comes, it's usually not a little problem. Usually when my phone rings, it's not someone saying, just want to tell you, I love you, man. (laughs) It's usually, oh, okay, now um, we got to talk about and then boom. And your, your stomach goes into a knot sometimes, but I just decided that if I can play the game of football and get up and wade into the middle of it and enjoy the touchdowns and enjoy the passion and the teamwork, then I'm going to get up and enjoy being a pastor of a church and raising up people to go touch people for Christ and win them for the Lord and see them make heaven, which is eternity we've got to look at church differently. I love church. I love watching the kids come in with their parents and go to Sunday school or sit and worship with their parents. I love doing coffee. I love the worship together. I love teaching and preaching the word. I love everything about it from the classrooms or the coffee shops to the worship, the praise. I like coming here early and watching them praise and practice and seeing the stuff going on. Oh, I love the church of Jesus Christ when it's being done according to Jesus because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates. The hell can't stop it. He didn't go, and there'll be a bunch of whiny people sitting around singing, "Oh, woe is me songs, and just help each other to to hang in there while they all fail. And then I finally got to blow a trumpet and come rescue my church. My challenge to you today is just one simple word, Holy Spirit. When you get to know the word, he strengthens you. He hardens you for service, makes you able to get up. And when others are, 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 their eyeballs are this big and they're whining, you just go, no problem. We'll make it. We'll see it through why my God doesn't fail me. God always sees me through. God is there. He's my rear guard. He is with me. He's inside of me. If the Old Testament could have miracle after miracle only when the presence of God came upon them, did you know elijah the prophet had seven miracles when you read through his life elisha asked him for a double portion and elijah said if you see me go when i die it'll be granted and you count elisha another prophet had 14 miracles i i love the teaching and the stuff that go with but i had 14 miracles by age 20 i'm not being proud i want to to show you something why why is this because in the old testament the presence of god would come and go moses would say if your if your spirit does not go before me i'm not going anywhere but in the new testament the bible says we are in him david said by my god i can run through a troop and leap over a wall in the new Testament, i'm in him he never leaves me or forsakes me and this power of holy spirit who's the one that does all the miracles from in every book of the bible he is inside of me and he's got nine of these gifts i have an arsenal you have an arsenal of the gifts of the spirit one that says that heals one's a gift of faith a gift of miracles a word of wisdom a discerning of spirits these incredible gifts are for you and i to get up and live our lives with and instead we're listening to a message that just says well hang in there life's rough people will sometimes after church come walk up to me and, I, and praise the lord i love them but this is what they do. <clears throat> so, how are you? Now, the facial expression and the voice tone are already expecting me to just give them a litany of problems that I'm going through. But I found that telling people my problems doesn't change a thing. Have you? Now, it makes me, um, I don't know, actually, it doesn't make, don't do anything for me. I don't tell people my problems unless I want someone in agreement with prayer, and then I'm going to find somebody who's looking for miracles, not problems. And I found that it's, it didn't get me anywhere. I found that if people knew how I felt, it didn't do anything for me. So why do I have to, I want you to understand how rough it is Pastor, in this church. I just want you to understand what I'm going through. I don't need to understand anything. Jesus understands me, it's all I need. Jesus and I are a majority and we're gonna get up and do great, well Leon, you're making everybody who shares a problem sound. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Bible talks about sharing with one another our problems and weaknesses praying together and believing God together there's a reason to share but just so that people understand that's not in the Bible you you were made you were designed to win if you're gonna have something that's designed like a sailboat to race they don't design it to float they design it to win you weren't designed to drift you were designed to achieve you weren't designed to barely get by you were designed to overcome you weren't designed to have everybody understand what it is you're going through this day no you're designed to get up and yes there's times that hurt and when people weep Give them a hug and weep with those who weep and cry with those who cry. But the Bible says weeping only lasts for a night and joy comes in the morning. Simply meaning that as we walk through these things and we help each other and we hug each other and we bless each other, that our whole goal is to get you back on your feet. You know, there's a song that goes, pick me up, Lord, brush the dirt off my face. Show me where I'm wrong and put me back in my place. In other words, this desire that says, man, I need some time. I lost somebody I love. And so I need to grieve and I need to get some space. And I'm so glad people hug my neck and cry with me. But I'm not doing this the rest of my life. And so some of you are going through a hellish time. God can going to be with you. Holy Spirit will be your comforter. Please let us know what that prayer request is. Please come speak with someone. Let them hug your neck and and share with you because we're here for each other. I'm not talking about don't do that. But I'm saying the overall reason we do church isn't to just be a hospital. A church is a hospital. But a church is also a college and a training ground. A church is a family, and it is a hospital, it's a neonatal unit, but it's also an army that gets up and achieves and goes. And so all of these functions of church we wanna do. Today, I'm just talking about you being hardened, strengthened, rise up and believe that what is ahead of you, you're gonna win, you're gonna take ground. Mighty man for God warrior princess for him and then the emerging generations will watch you And they'll want what you've got because you're an overcomer. You're born of God This is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith you could run through a troop and leap over a wall Hallelujah, I mean, this is the 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 attitude the atmosphere of an overcoming Believer father I pray today that whoever I'm speaking to in this service you would touch them deeply and may I help All of us to realize that you have strengthened us and you're never leaving us, and your power is always within us, so that we could rise up and be supernatural in our careers, our families, our church, and for the cause of Christ. And let this simple message snap every one of us up into a whole new level of believing you for an incredible future. I pray this over every person here and every person watching around the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hope that helped at least one person and was worth it.